time for the Spice It Up segment on Real World Gardener. In the studio, I've got herb and spice expert from Herbie Spices, Ian Hemphill. How are you today, Ian? Yeah, very well, thanks, Marion. Good to see you. And you too. It's good to have you back in the studio. And today we're talking about lemongrass, which is in the Poesi. And in case you didn't know, Poesi is all the grasses, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah and it looks just like grass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thick grass, but very thick grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. No, it's very interesting. It's uh, and and it goes back a long time in history. Uh, apparently, used by the ancient Greeks and Romans, and it is interesting that the flavour of lemon, the citral flavour of lemon, just crops up in just about every cuisine in one way or another. And uh, I suppose that's one of the reasons why lemongrass has been so popular for so many centuries. Indeed, and it's actually native to India. Hmm. Um, I don't know how it got to South America, but apparently it was used there in their folk medicine as well. Yes, it's uh, it's grown there as well. Now, whether it is completely native to India, like it, I don't know how long it's been in the Americas, because strictly speaking, it probably shouldn't have got there until the 15th century. Ah. Um, and then often people will take things that have only been somewhere for maybe a few centuries because it's been there for a while. They sort of think it's always been there and it's often considered to be native. But, yes, you're quite right, it does grow there and it it is used a lot in folk medicines there. But how far it goes back, that is something I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, we should probably describe it. It's it's, uh, grass, quite a vigorous grassy clump, wouldn't you It's a vigorous clump uh, with, you know, the bottom of the stem around about, five millimetres at least in diameter or longer and it is a clump that I've found grows quite rapidly it Mm. spreads and I've found that it's one that is really best if it is divided up from time to time because one of the things that I've noticed is that often the clump gets very big and because it gets so big then it appears that the centre of the plant doesn't get the nutrients that it should be getting and they'll often start to die off from the centre and then that will go through the whole clump. So I've found that your lemongrass will always grow better is once the clump gets to about, say, 30 centimetres in diameter, then just root division, just break it up and replant and sort of so don't let the clumps get too big. Uh, and it seems to, to manage very well. But it, it definitely likes tropical conditions. It grows best in the tropics, but, of course, the weather we've had in Sydney recently is pretty similar, so it, uh, it does grow well here. When people are using lemongrass in cooking, of course, what you do is you cut it off very close to ground level, and the part that is used tends to be around about the bottom 15 to 20 uh, centimetres that you use, and... You will find with lemongrass that if you just give it a little uh, bump with the back of a knife, then the outer layer will peel off quite easily. And it's not a bad idea to peel off that outer layer so that you're left with a more tender centre, which will be fairly white, and then it'll gradually go greener as you get up into the Mm. top leaves. When you use it in cooking, it's very important to cut it very finely because if you cut pieces that are sort of four or five um, uh, millimetres long then you'll find that in the food that they'll go very hairy like you'll have like it's as if almost there's lots of little bits of coir through it these little little sort of hairs so what you really need to do is to shave it very finely I've often found it's even better to grate it 
because if you grate it on a microplane or a good sharp grater, then what you're doing is you're cutting those little hairy fibres much, much smaller and they won't be unpleasant in the food. A lot of people throw away the big green leafy tops. Now, what I like to do if I'm doing any sort of Asian soup or something, you know, that's quite liquidy, they want the lemongrass flavour in, I will take those top bits, tie them into a couple of knots. Tying them into knots breaks up the cell structure and helps the citral to infuse into the food you're cooking. So get those top leaves, tie them in a few knots, put them into the soup while it's cooking, and then just take them out at the end of cooking. And you'll find that you get lots of lovely citral flavour from the top as well. So the bottom tends to be used in, you say, your green curry paste or something like that, where you're mashing it up in a pestle and mortar with some kaffir lime leaf and some ginger and maybe some galangal and a bit of turmeric, and you're making a nice curry paste. Uh, but the top bits, the leaves definitely can be used in that way as well to uh, to get the lovely citral flavour. So it doesn't overpower the, the dish? Not at all. No, right. no, the lemongrass flavour is actually fairly gentle and never even attempt to buy lemongrass as a dried herb. Dried lemongrass is pathetic. <laughs> it's really not worth having. We, we imported some freeze-dried lemongrass from India several years ago, and we were never happy with the quality. So if someone doesn't have access to fresh lemongrass, we always suggest using a little bit of Australian native lemon myrtle, mm. and you'll find that you'll get that lovely citral flavour coming through. Yeah, so it's, yep. it's very interesting. There are a few different types of, uh, of lemongrass, um, and one of the things that uh, I've noticed is uh, there's one that's called Rosha grass, and I've noticed in India I came across one which had a flavour profile that was almost a bit more like oranges than lemons. Well, oh, quite unusual. That would be unusual. I don't know exactly what the botanical name was of it because it was sort of out in the in the uh, the country in India, mm. um, but it just seemed to have that slightly citrusy, orangey taste rather than just the straight. Uh, um, note that you okay. get. Yeah. That's interesting. That, speaking mm. of Latin names, the lemongrass is Symbopogon citratus. Yes, mm. yes, that's right. And there's another one that's called Citronella grass, yes. which is a Symbopogon narduci. And that particular one is not really used in cooking no. because it, it, and apparently it is often used for the extraction of citronella for. Uh, repelling insects, and, yeah, yeah, candles and, and things, things like that. Like that. Yeah. All right, and. Makes a lovely tea, of course, lemongrass. But can mm. we use it in other things other than, say, savoury dishes? Can we use lemongrass mm. in sweet cooking at Absolutely. all? Absolutely. Okay. Most definitely. Think of it a little bit, again, like lemon myrtle, lemon verbena, and even lemon zest. Think of the things you put lemon zest in. So you could use lemongrass in a panna cotta. Okay. You could use it in a cheesecake. Things like that. Now, I would probably tend to recommend in those applications infusing the lemongrass in the milk rather than chopping it up and mixing it through whatever you're cooking. If you're doing a panna cotta, I would tend to warm the milk. I would put all of the lemongrass in, so I would give the lower stems, the white bits I referred to, I'd give them a good sort of bit of a pound to to give the cells a bit of a bit of a bashing. I'd tie the leaves to get the flavour from the leaves and I then just put all that into the milk and let that infuse, warm the milk and let it infuse for maybe 15 to 20 minutes and then use that for making your lemongrass panna cotta 
Um, so yeah, it, it definitely can be used in, in sweet as well as savoury. Okay. And I find that when you're growing lemongrass, hmm. as you mentioned, if it gets in a clump, it can get away from you in the garden. I tend to grow hmm. mine in a big pot. So. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people tend to do that with things that, that go crazy very easily is yes, to indeed. grow them in a large pot and that way you can keep them under control. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it's good that you mentioned the long stalks because people mm. have been throwing them away and mm. the grating idea, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. the grating really does mm. help to get away from that hairy fibre mm. thing when you're cutting a person. At least you've got a really good sharp knife. It can be a little bit hard to – because you're really wanting to try and cut slices. It's quite hard, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is quite mm. hard. And you really want to cut slices that are only about, you know, maximum a millimetre thick. Yeah. As for growing it in cooler areas, I'm mm. sure people can grow it in cooler areas in, in a pot anyway. I'm not yes. sure if it's frost sensitive, but it probably would burn off, but I'm, it was yeah. so hardy, it would come back in spring. Yes. Uh, years ago when we lived up in the lower Blue Mountains, we had lemongrass growing and I don't recall it ever being affected badly by frost. So I think it's pretty hardy. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, that's a good one to know because yeah. I'm sure people in Victoria would like to grow lemongrass. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well. Definitely worth a go. And, of course, like most of those sorts of things, reasonably well-protected spot. There's usually a, a spot in the garden that's not going to get the, the, the frosts as heavily as other parts. So uh, I think that uh, definitely worth a go. Indeed. Once again, Ian, thanks for coming in and talking to Real World Gardener. Always a pleasure. 